to another episode of Ho in the Know. I am uh, Titty Green Bean Selena. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and thanks to Selena, I'm Crab Daddy <laughs> Corey. Yes, Crab Daddy Corey. <laughs> and uh, today we're here for a mini episode of Home in the Know. Home in the Know is a podcast about sex work by sex workers for sex workers. And if you don't know that by now, then um, Get with welcome it. to listening to this show because it might be the first episode you've ever yes, listened to. That, that's true. Yes. <laughs> and thank you for joining us. Yes. Thank you so much. So on this episode, we're going to talk about the new documentary um, about OnlyFans. Let me pull up the name. Uh, oh. Selling Sexy. Yes. Um, and it was produced by ABC. Yeah, it was ABC Investigative something. ABC Investigations, which was so weird. I was like, ABC? Yeah, like, okay, ABC, you really... <laughs> I mean, they all they do love a sensational story every now and again. Yes. Um, and it was on Hulu, or it is on Hulu. I don't know what other platforms it's on. Yeah, um, I wa- we watched it on Hulu. Um, yeah, it, man, so much to say about this documentary. There's just been a lot of uh, documentaries about... Only fans or just like a lot of explorations into that lately in media and it was interesting. So Corey, I'm gonna let you take this one. Just if you wanna start us off. <sighs> yeah, so the OnlyFans documentary, uh there's a lot of sex workers in it or people who wouldn't necessarily identify as sex workers but they're doing sex work. And then there's Nikki Glaser. <laughs> Yeah. Um, there's a Rolling Stones uh columnist, a writer. Yeah, yeah. Um and I can't remember anybody else in the film, but those There's are... there's that one black comedian guy. Oh. oh. Um there's there's like a sex and edu- like health educator person. There's also Sham Bodhi. Sham Bodhi. Um I yes. Uh, who's famous on the internet <laughs> yes how do you feel about shan booty um i feel mixed a little bit because i feel like they give her too many speaking opportunities about sex work and i'm just like why not just speak to sex workers directly yeah um and a lot of times like that like sex education the whole that whole niche is like like, okay, I'm happy to see a black female sex educator. Like, I think that that's really good and super necessary. I do think she tends to take, like, a kind of milk toasty approach to a lot of, like, sexual... Ab- not, like, just not... Non-typical sexual... Non-mainstream. Non-mainstream sexual patterns. Um, but she is... She seems to be pretty pro-sex work, so I'm not upset about that. My main beef with Shan is that she did a gender reveal party for... Or she did a gender reveal thing for her baby, uh, Ryu. Of course, but of course. Yeah, and I was like, this is weird. Like, if you're a sex educator, like, shouldn't you be teaching... Like, shouldn't you be more up-to-date about your own gender ideas and stuff? And I've also, I've heard mixed things about how various trans people feel about gender reveals. Cat Black, for one, is very pragmatic, I suppose. She's very, she is specifically said, like, 
I don't think it's that much of a problem, you know, like the problems come later if you're not accepting of your kid's gender expression as they get older. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like, I don't know, like babies understand things like even and maybe it's not the same kind of understanding that like we have as older people, but like they take social cues from a young age and they're you know getting this input from a young from you know the beginning and I don't think that should be taken lightly um yeah also I just feel like Shan's husband I mean uh, you know you can't be judged by your partners but like a little bit judged by your by who you (laughs) associate with yeah who your partner that you make a baby with is uh and her partner has some really problematic ideas about gender and uh, gendered roles and stuff like that, like what a man is and what a woman is, and it draws from like really traditional standpoints rather than, I guess, just than what you would think a like a person who's a sex educator would be promoting. Yeah, yeah, and I think Shan tends to like agree with her partner about a lot of these things because she'll contribute to his videos and stuff. And I'm just really tired of the binary. Yeah, (laughs) I'm really tired of it. Yeah. uh, So yeah. So the documentary kind of at the beginning focuses like a lot on sort of how much money everybody is making. Yeah, and everybody in this documentary is making so much money. Yeah, like, it's not... It's, like, 10000 a month type of people. Uh, so they're looking at the top, like, 1% of uh, OnlyFans earners. Yeah. Which is not representational of most of the people on the site. However, I did like the, I did like the people... Um, the yeah. sex workers. Yes. I liked, well, I liked people who were sex workers that claimed they were sex workers. Cause there was, de- there was one guy and he's like, I'm a model. Like, oh yeah. The fitness guy who's straight, but tra- who's queer baiting. Yeah. That was weird. I was like, oh, okay. I, I mean, mean, but that's so typical of white men. It's like, you know, like, especially like white, I mean, white men profit Profiting off of, like, queer image stuff, like, queer coding, um, it's just, like, yeah, I don't know. But I think that is, like, already a part of the industry. I know of, like, well, I don't know personally of these people, but, like, there are people, men in the industry who are gay for pay because they can make more money that way, and they they take shots in their dick so that they can stay hard during their scenes, and, you know, that's a, that's a real you know, a narrative that exists, but it was just weird to highlight that. I mean, they do this in the documentary a little besides that, that like uh, you were saying earlier, there's the comedian, uh, Nikki Glaser, Nikki Glaser. And then Danelle or whatever. No, what's his name? Uh, he was a comedian on, I have so many notes. <laughs> I really did this to myself. Donnell Rollings. Yeah, Donnell Rollings. Yeah, he was on um, Chappelle show. the Chappelle Show, and he has some really problematic views about how... Oh my god, how... he is corny as fuck. And he was actually asked by OnlyFans to be a creator, which I, was, I did not know that they do that. Uh, yeah, I mean... This is just what I I feel like it just reiterates what I've been saying for so long, which is that OnlyFans is trying to gentrify. It's trying to hit a critical mass point where most of the content creators are like influencers who are not creating adult content so that they can move. And like, I think they're trying to um, 
like become like go public Mm -hmm. um and so they're trying to yeah become like a publicly traded company which would mean that they would in that process kick off probably most of the sex workers um to do that right um yeah so yeah so i'll i'm I want to talk about Nikki Glaser real quick. Uh, yeah. Just, I mean, I just, I, a brief thing about Danelle. Danelle okay. Rawlings, like, I'm just, he, uh, so he really showed his shittiness just by not understanding the situation and feeling like he had the entitlement to speak on it. And I guess, like, in a way he does because he is, like, he is exhibiting this thing that is, like, clearly what, OnlyFans is trying to be in in its own words, which is to say, like, essentially the only difference between OnlyFans and another platform is the monetized option that you, the the tip option. Right. Um, And that's what it's always seen itself as, like, the fact that it became a haven for the adult industry and it really boomed and took off that way was really just, you know, secondary to the, to the original, you know, notion, which was just to profitize this, you know, just to make money off of, like, a monetized social media platform, um, something with paywalls. So right. it's like, you know, th- he got on and just, like, I don't know, like, he has, like, such a dumb dumb understanding <laughs> of, that, of this per, that's such a such a perfect way to encapsulate that he, he's he, like his thing like you know women like look at me now that i say i have an only fans like their eyebrows go up i'm like no they don't they're more just like you look so fucking dusty like <laughs> what the fuck are you doing on only fans right like, they're curious to like why why are you why are you on only fans yeah. and he makes he does like a podcast through only he does fans. a podcast and i hate it like i just hate <laughs> i hate people who are using OnlyFans for non-sex work content, like, people who are doing, like, podcasting or behind-the-scenes stuff, like Cardi B or, like, all of the celebrities dropping albums, like Rico Nasty, who, again, I think we've said this before on the podcast, was really proud of not taking off her clothes and made a big deal Mm, of saying that she didn't have to take off her clothes to, like, do well in the industry. Right. And now she's profiteering off of the people who are taking off their clothes because we need to. Yeah. Another thing he he said, he like, because they were talking about how sort of like the jealousy in the industry for like how much people are making compared to other people. Oh, the whole Bella Thorne thing. Yeah. And he's like, why is everybody hating on, you know, you know, there's enough to go around or whatever. And like, it sort of like misses the point of like, it's not about like how much money there is, though that is like a part of it it's like you know why do these people who already have so much money need more money but it's more about like you know the gentrification part yeah it's just such a like major misunderstanding it's like the whole like reductive jealousy argument that like completely makes it seem like the issues are petty and not about like the reality that like online space is diminishing rapidly and like he is facilitating the gentrification of this thing, which will mean a lot of people will get kicked off, you right. know? The more Cardi B's, the more Bella Thorns, the more whatever the fuck Donnell Rawlings, people making vanilla content on the site, you know, bringing in money, the less they're going to need to, like, actually protect sex workers for their bottom line. Right. So, let's jump over to Nikki Glaser. And I, I have <laughs> a little... 
sound clip I want to play. Oh, God. I I just cannot stand Nikki Glaser. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just because she tries too hard to be a bro, you know? And, like, I respect bro ladies, but, like, I don't know. Okay. Nikki. It perplexes me why sex is taboo because it's why everyone does everything. Like, it's why this chair exists because some guy wanted to stick his penis in something and he thought that if he developed like this would make money off of this cool chair that women might like him more men like you know everything is motivated by sex so to me it's insane that we don't talk about it more only fans will be talked about in my act and it will be a cultural moment much like when beyonce mentioned it just kidding no one will care I don't know. Like I feel what? like <laughs> I feel like a lot of a lot of misogyny has been directed at Nikki Glaser, but also like she's annoying. Like Yeah. <laughs> she's a very like Chelsea Handler, Amy yes, Schumer type and yes. like the epitome of like white f- like feminists like, like white basic women having a platform. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she just she she wasn't like adding anything to the conversation. I really didn't understand why she was part of it because like she, she I mean I guess they were like oh she's funny like she's but she's not funny but she's not funny <laughs> she didn't add a comedic element to it at all I yeah mean, it's, it's, she was very much trying to be serious about it or at least in my opinion like it felt like she was trying to be serious about it. I mean it's like I don't want to like fully hate in a way i mean even though i'm definitely hating right now but like (laughs) you know she's open-minded and and doesn't seem to be too intentionally sex negative i mean i do have to shout out that she does pay for her porn and i appreciate that she acknowledges the labor in that enough to to pay the people who are helping her get off yes but i mean you know that's such a bare minimum bare minimum yeah I mean, yeah. So, yeah, that's Nikki Glaser. Nikki Glaser added nothing to the documentary, and yet she was ongoing commentary. I mean, it was also, yeah, I mean, the thing was they had so many non-sex workers, like, stepping in to define different things about the site, and I'm just like, I don't want, like, this quote-unquote, like... External commentary about... Yeah, or expert, who's, like, not an expert, you know? Yeah, like, who has no direct stakes in this. Yeah, there was, like, a psychologist, I think. Who it was, was a like, pr- a sex uh, and Therapi- health therapist or something, that yeah. guy. Um, yeah, and then, of course, Shan, mm-hmm. who, yeah, and, uh, yeah, but, I mean, okay, but let's talk about the sex workers who are really the most important pieces of the story. So, um, we saw, let's just go through the cast of characters. There is the the one redhead woman who works as a mechanic during, by day and by night, has very successful OnlyFans, mm-hmm. uh, white chick. Uh, there is another white woman who is making MILF porn, and, and it seems she was just a porn star like to begin with. She was already yeah. deep in the porn industry, and then she was finally able to just become her own agent and producer and everything. Um, sees the means of production. Right. Um, I definitely felt like she was uh, not showing any sex work solidarity. No. <laughs> she was very much like, fuck y'all, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. Right. Um, 
there was uh, our black performer who I was I was just really happy to see her I winning. Lo- yes, winter. I loved her. Yes, winter is amazing. She really carried the doc, in my opinion, carried yeah, the documentary. I felt, so. I felt like she was the most relatable. And she was shown a lot, which, you know, it doesn't have, like, I feel like in a lot of documentaries, it's like trying to focus on like the sensationalized things. And even in this documentary does that too. But like, she was very real and like, and she was prevalent throughout the film and adding commentary like everywhere where like, they're like the MILF, she was mostly in the beginning, the, this, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she was one of the central characters, and I liked her relationship with her mom, which was, like, clearly very healthy and nurturing. It was so cute. Her mom wanted to be, or she wanted her mom to be your manager. Yeah, she was like, oh, you can be my Kris Jenner. Yeah, (laughs) and I think that's such, like, a, uh, that's such positive representation for what, like, because I don't think. Yeah, for a black mother-daughter relationship. Yeah, like, I don't see at all that representation of, like, having uh, you know, being a sex worker and having parents, yeah. period, but then having parents who are supportive of your career. Yeah. Um, Especially in the sex industry. Like, her mom was like, she's a grown woman. She can do what she wants. Yeah. You know, she's like, I'm proud. Like, you're not just a dirty whore. And it's like, you know, I, I am a dirty whore. Yeah. <laughs> like, nothing wrong with that. But, yeah. you know, I, I know it's hard to get to that place and also she's young i mean kind of young like Mm -hmm. wasn't she like 24 or something yeah so it was great to see that kind of positive reinforcement from from her family yeah and she talked about how she had a career before doing porn and i i i appreciated that she didn't like i don't know qualify that like she she was like it, like there was no whorephobia in in that she had another job and now she's doing this and that she's just like about making her bags and like that's the most important thing you know yeah and uh, yeah so I really appreciated her her contribution but to roll back a little bit so the mechanic girl um, she she actually lost her job because of uh, her sex work because and- of her OnlyFans account her coworkers. Uh, you know what we should just we should preface this by saying there are a lot of spoilers we're just yes this is spoiler central (laughs) and if you didn't realize that by now well apologies (laughs) but yeah she got fired uh from a mechanic shop because she had an OnlyFans account and then her coworkers like found her and the boss was like you're distracting the employees which is such like like school like uh, rules where like you can't wear spaghetti shops because you'll distract the boys and like you know it's so fucking stupid it's it's like the whole uh sex negative sex ed thing where it's like they give all of the kids like a cupcake to hold or whatever or some delicious treat and they're like now don't eat it mm-hmm. and it's like saying that that's what it is whenever you become a temptation to these hapless men who can't seem to keep be, it in their pants can't get, seem to be able to do anything about these urges <laughs> lord knows it's not like they're fully grown adults who like no. you know can't like you know uh, yeah yeah so that was i i thought that was such like a necessary narrative to have you know to this because they do glorify again like with like like the earnings uh, the level. earnings and 
you know the number of subscribers yeah and stuff. yeah but that there are consequences to joining the or can be consequences to joining the industry and it's not your it's not the on the people who are in the industry it's on everybody else who you know vilifies sex workers and you know yeah and it's and it's also just like you know they're getting all of these consequences and it's like all of these people are just making like consensual content with themselves and then their partners like it's not like it's i mean you know it's really just what would normally happen but behind closed doors but you know with visibility and And money (laughs) yeah and money and that's the only real difference like it's still relatively chaste like especially with this the mechanic lady it was like just her and her boyfriend right just them making content like (laughs) yeah you know it's sort of like the the least risky of all the the things you possibly could be doing um yeah and who else was in the documentary um there uh was the another male porn star guy that white guy um then there was like we mentioned before that white guy who does not do full nudes yeah model person yeah and he just like takes pictures in his underwear and like yeah that that was weird i i don't i don't know like are those i was more like thrown off by like the blue lives matter flag in his gym i didn't even catch that i was looking at i was like oh (laughs) uncomfortable utah yeah yeah i i don't know i he didn't add much i feel like i mean what was interesting with him and what they did with um a few of the others was like show the hate mail that they get Mm. on the regular and it was like yeah it was just so much um it's negativity and shaming stuff that was really um i mean typical you know it's fucking typical what people say because they like just want to be hurtful yeah i really loved how winter broke hers down though she was it was like you got small tits and you got a long ass crack yeah. was the comment <laughs> and she was like look i have small tits like my mom had small tits right my grandma had small tits that's genetic and she's like, I can't really speak for my ass either. Yes. It's like, that's also genetic. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, sorry, you're mad. <laughs> uh, yeah. Again, like, Winter really was the, like... She really stole the show. Yeah. And it's, like, it's so nice, again, refreshing that they're focusing on, like, a black femme in this space. And it's not this totally horrible, oh, no, poor, poor hooker, poor whore, like... Uh, yeah, I mean, she's like, er, over the course of the documentary, she made, like, over $100,000, and I was like, hell yeah, yeah. like, oh. I mean... In- oh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was, I mean, I, I was like, hell yeah, as much as I'm, like, also an anti-capitalist hoe. Yeah. yeah anyway, going on. There was another woman who um, was, like, planning to retire by, in, like, five years after joining the industry. Um, she had so much money, and, like, that that is my biggest, like comment about the film is like it's like yes their experiences are real but like the money is like not necessarily that good (laughs) the money is not realistic like i mean yeah it's like they found people who were doing super well because they fit into these really like well carved out niches like Mm -hmm. 
a big but twerking like light-skinned black person uh milf who like a skinny white milf uh another skinny white woman who also does like man's work mm-hmm. fake, well, you know i don't you know i don't believe that you guys i hope you know that i really <laughs> <That> do <laughs> you know like the auto shop hot chick is definitely a, a trope kind of like a hot gamer you know like mm-hmm. all these gender crossing things yeah um, and then, yeah, skinny, I mean, not skinny white guy, very muscled out mm-hmm. white guy. Yeah. Um, with, yeah, which is another, you know, big niche. Um, people love the white men. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> I'm, I'm, maybe I'm, I'm just uh, uh, in my own world so much. I don't watch a lot of white people doing sexy things. <laughs> Yeah, me neither at this point. I used to, but I don't now because I just, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so. So, yeah. The- I mean, it was, it was just interesting. I was, like, very cringy through, the, through most of the documentary because I was just kind of like, how are they going to portray this? And, of course, they're, like, you know, they go for the most, uh, like financially well off people. Yeah. Um, they're not showing like the average person. They very briefly talked about how saturated the market became um, with COVID and everything and people being locked down. And celebrities. Yeah. Um, but they, but they didn't really talk about like, cause that didn't seem to affect like any of the people who they interviewed. Like it, inter- it like affected a lot of people on OnlyFans. Right. Um, but not these people because they are top earners. Um, yeah. And they did get into the whole celebrity issue. Um, I mean, starting with Bella Thorne, which they did not paint, like they didn't really paint her in a particularly flattering light. They repeatedly referred to her as infamous. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was definitely, you know, I'm glad that they didn't just be like, you know, people overreacted to Bella Thorne. Right, they were, again, more realistic about it, which... Yeah, but they also didn't really go into... How it affected... How it affected the the monetization the, mm-hmm. um, of, of stuff there. Right, like the, the um, income limits now. Yeah, the new... The limits on um, donations or, or on tips and stuff. Yeah. So that... Yeah, that's a major thing to not talk about, because... Because, again, I think it plays back into, like, the whole, you know, everybody's just petty and jealous. Right. And not... And not, like, There are no, actual like, repercussions for people's actions. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, overall, how did you feel about the film? Um, I was, like, they really didn't need all of these experts. Oh, there was also that uh, black guy from Wired, the, the tech expert... Um, and then there was, like, another guy who, like, a white guy from Bloomberg or something, who was a, maybe, like, a financial analyst mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Um, they were uh, two other commentators who I didn't really care about. <laughs> 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 yeah, again, I feel like the commentators added literally nothing to the understanding. Um, positive things. Well, let's talk about the positives. Yes. Um, I liked these sex workers and I like that they called themselves sex workers. Like yeah. the word sex work or the, the phrase sex work was definitely like used a lot throughout mm-hmm. the documentary. 
um, and that was really positive. I was I definitely didn't know if they were tiptoe around that word that phrase or if they would try and distance themselves from that since they're doing digital work. Yeah. Um, but they really used it. Mm-hmm. Another highlight again, I have to shout out Winter. Mm-hmm. Um, but her threesome experiment was so cute. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> Oh, yes. It was absolutely the most adorable moment. (laughs) So she, like, she was trying to, like, set up a shoot with, uh, to do a threesome. But she was like, I want to meet these people first and, like, you know, figure out. Which, again, is, like, portraying, like, a real part of the industry where we check in with each other and we're like, maybe we should meet first and talk about what we're going to do during the scene. And it was just really cute, and she was like, you know, she got it on with her, I I think. Yeah, so she got it. She had her threesome experience and really enjoyed herself. It was, like, with another um, creator who had, like, a much smaller following. Um, but, like, they were just, I don't know, they were really cute together. Yeah. Like, just su- s- super shy. And Winter was like, I've never been, like, with a woman before. Mm-hmm. She was like, it, she's like, but I want to do it. Like, right. she was really set on doing it, but, you know, scared. And I think also just, you could see that it was, like, a little bit of, like, her, um, I guess, like, conservative, like, upbringing. Like, not necessarily her mom, but, like, community-wise, because she's in Texas or whatever. Yeah. She's in, like, Houston. Also, so, oh, she's black. And, and she's black, yeah. So it's, like, definitely, like, the taboos around that, the taboos around, like, homosexuality in mm-hmm. the black community is... Uh, yeah. We could go on forever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I mean, but she had a really good attitude. She was nervous, but also excited. And then at the end, it was, like, she was surprised by, like, how good it was. I mean, mm-hmm. they were... It was adorable. Yeah. Definitely a scene you should watch because I, I feel like I'm not even doing it justice. No, yeah. Uh, most of the scenes with Winter were just like kind of heartwarming and yeah. like made me feel really valid yeah. and like. I was like, I liked watching her eat too. It was like always her and her mom eating outside, just yeah. like sharing a meal. I was like, I like this. Like, yes. Wholesome. Eat. Wholesome content. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Take care of your body. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, I also liked the motorcycle. Uh, or not the motorcycle, the uh, auto shop, um, the customs person. Mm -hmm. She, I mean, I liked, I mean, she was just really rural. Yeah. Like, I think she was from Kentucky or or Indiana. She wasn't trying to be, like, anything but herself, which Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. Like, like, this is what she do. She's a mechanic. I'm going to make mechanic content. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like, I'm, again, like, I'm going to make content with my boyfriend because that's what I enjoy doing. I'm alty, so I'm going to, you know, play into that. And, you know, she wasn't, like, trying to create, like, a separate image from herself, which is, like, a valid way to, like, operate in the industry. Like, you know, people need, sometimes need separation of themselves and, like, this, you know, character that they have for other people. But she was just, like, very real and, like making again like as much as like they do focus way too much on on the money that they make i also appreciate like like that confidence boost that they have because they're making so much money and like yeah that that you know it is a privilege but like they worked for that privilege yeah and and she clearly like had a goal like it wasn't just like she wanted to make as much money as possible like she wanted to buy like a race car and shit you know Mm -hmm. she wanted to have her own like auto body shop she like had specific like goals that she wanted to meet with her with her work 
Yeah, I I do think that maybe they should have had somebody who was a little less financially responsible because I think that's not necessarily the norm across the industry for people, you know, that like a lot of people like spend all of their money, like they're not trying to save. And and a part of that might be poverty and that they need to, you know, pay their rent and pay their utilities and and do all that. But like, there are some people who like make a whole bunch of money and like, they don't know what to do with it. So they spend it. I mean, that's definitely true. I mean, I think that the documentary was leaning towards trying to be quote-unquote humanizing or quote-unquote empathetic to sex workers so I think that maybe like they went out of their way to show like the most ideal uh examples of the industry rather than people who are on either side or people who are more helpless yeah yeah I, I you know and I, I do have to think about who's who's this film being made for. And, yeah. And I'm a very, spe- like, you know, I'm part of the industry. So, like, I, you know, I'm taking it from a different perspective. But mm-hmm. definitely, I think for the average viewer, it, you know, it yeah, gives I mean, a really good. Yeah, this is for, like, the average ABC channel <laughs> <That's> viewer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who is essentially the parents of everybody who has an OnlyFans. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. I think yeah for for that it was okay like it wasn't yeah. like yeah I think it did a lot of emphasizing of the work and talking about the stigma and shaming um and yeah I think that that was good but I mean it again, it's one of those documentaries that may be well meaning, but was again clearly not done by a sex worker. Clearly not like yeah. with a yeah. con- like a sex worker consultant, you mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah. Overall, I really, I I like the documentary. I think you know for what it was, for who it was by, like it did something more than nothing. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. I was not totally uh, horrified by it. I mean, it was cringy for sure. But in the end, uh, you know, not the worst. Definitely not the worst. Did not come near how bad fucking Hot Girls Wanted was. um, The original. Shout out to the worst, one of the worst (laughs) films about sex work. And then on the opposite end, shout out to Horror's Glory, which is one of my favorite. Never seen that one. About sex work, such a good. Have to check it out. Hey Aries, so I'm doing a quick reading for you all about the month, and you know, happy solar return. Your solar return is on your mind. It's been a year, so the start of the month is obviously very reflective for you, um, and especially around whenever your birthday is. So um, there's a lot of going within, integrating these parts of your life that maybe need more focus and integration, maybe things that you haven't thought about um, so thoroughly are coming up to surface. You also have an offer either of romance or some sort of creative project that you'll be feeling a little bit insecure about, I think largely because it's not the sort of thing that's on your mind. Starting something is maybe ultimately what you want to do, but you also want to kind of get your feet firmly planted, which I don't think you feel that you have for a little bit. But you're going to, I see, go ahead with it anyway, likely. Um... And you'll charge through it, and you'll 
be very successful. So I don't see any issues here. I just see that it'll be a lot of like internal workings that you'll have to kind of work through. Um, the focus for the month will be relying on your intuition, kind of like sitting back and thinking about things before moving forward. Uh, a lot of you may just charge into things and it feels as though maybe you're realizing this month that um, that won't always yield the best results. And um, I also see you relying on your friends for counsel, support, and guidance, and that um, your main focus will be ultimately both the going within and also um, working on this project or relationship um, that's coming in. And yeah, the top of the deck, we have the lovers. So I see this particularly being about your choice to either go forward with this thing that makes you feel insecure or to um, not and just keeping kind of in your head. Do either, obviously. I see you being successful in um, if you do go forward. I don't think that your insecurity is based in being unable. I think it's just in that maybe you don't feel ready to act. So anyway, good luck, Aries. Much love. Happy birthday. It is um, Clover, by the way. Forget to sign in and out. <laughs> Bye. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us on this mini-sode. Uh, have an amazing rodeo, y'all. <laughs> Yeehaw, cowboys. Okay, <laughs> bye. Bye. Oh, wait. Uh, where can we find ourselves? Oh, whoa. I don't know. Down the road, up the street. <laughs> Around the corner. Around the corner. Yes. I'm Selena, the stripper. You can find me on Instagram at Pretty Boy Girl. You can find my Patreon at The Real Pretty Boy Girl. You can find this podcast at Hukes in the Nukes, at Ho in the Know on Instagram. And uh, if you want to check out my super mini many, 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 uh, hone the no, uh, historical ho segments. You can find me on TikTok at Selena, the strumpet. And you can find me at the goddess Corey on Instagram, on Twitter. I have a milkshake. It brings all the boys to the yard. You can click the links in it. All right. Well, have a good one guys. Yeehaw. Bye. More money. I want your money. I want more money. 